How deep is your trust in God? Do you trust Him when you can see what He's doing? Do you trust Him when you cannot begin to see your way clear? Do you trust Him when nothing makes sense, but still He calls you to press in and follow close? Welcome back to Light of the Word Radio. This broadcast is sponsored by Lighthouse Baptist Church. This week, Pastor Jim brings us the conclusion of a message on the miracle of the loaves and fishes. It's a wonderful message about having hope and faith when nothing makes sense. Now here is Pastor Jim. You know, I can't imagine commanding Jesus to do anything. How about you? What do you suppose brought them to the place where they felt they could command Jesus to send the crowd away? When we are serving God and He gives us success in ministry according to whatever we believe the success is, and success, honestly, is in the mind of the person individually we begin to become proud and haughty we begin to get to a place where where we begin to think that that we have done something the authority and the power that the apostles used as they went from town to town was whose authority was whose power it was god's it was that of christ they began to think it was theirs don't we do that? You know, somebody comes up after church and says, oh, Pastor Jim, that was, a, that was a good sermon. I have to be careful not to break my arm patting myself on the back because I know if it was a good sermon, it had nothing to do with me. If they come up and say, well, that wasn't so whoopy today, there's me. That's my part of it. But if it was something other than that, that's God. And we ought not to take the glory for what God does, right? But we do, don't we? We all... We all do when, when God has used us in ministry and, and those things are, are seeming to be successful. And all of a sudden we're thinking, we have done a good job. I'm going to write a book. I tell you, there's a lot of books in the Christian bookstore because somebody thought they were successful and wanted to share with everyone else how to be successful. I can tell you how. Do what God calls you to do with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul as you love Him with all that. And the success will come by him so they i believe that they had begun to to think of themselves of having done these things since he had given them the ability and the power and the authority to do it and so now you know not only have they not had the opportunity to share their stories that are just bursting within them but they're tired and so they go to jesus and tell him to send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and to get provisions because they were in a desolate place. Not only had they seemingly begun to think more highly of themselves, but they forgot who it was they were talking. Jesus knew exactly what he was going to do before they ever came to him. That just might be part of being sovereign, huh? He knew exactly what he was going to do. In fact, the way, the way uh, one of the other Gospels puts it is before they ever said anything, he asked them what we're going to do to feed. And they answered, send them away. Jesus knew exactly what he was going to do. Just as when Jesus would, would pray and he would pray and say, Lord, 
I know that you always hear me, but so that those who are here will know. He says those things out loud, does those things in front of people. It's to grow us, to teach us. You know, I was sharing with someone the other day when when I went and got my, my insurance license to sell insurance back in the, I guess it was early 80s. And I, I went to, to Topeka to the commissioner's office to take this test. And I'm, I'm sitting down in the, the downstairs lobby area waiting to be taken upstairs to take the, the test. Now, I had studied. It was, a, it was a book about so thick and, you know, just a regular textbook type of size. And, and I've, I've uh, studied through it. I've read through it. And I'm sitting there with all these very professional-looking people, and I'm a kid. And they're talking about, this is my third time, this is my fourth time, this is my fifth time taking this test. And I'm looking around. They're all older than me. They all look far more professional than me. I mean, I was wearing a Goodwill suit probably that day. I was ready to get up and walk out the door. Because if these people were on their third, fourth, fifth time to take this test, (laughs) I slid through school. But before I got out of there, while I was still thinking about it, they came and got us and took us upstairs. And so I went up and took the test, and I got done, and I look around, and nobody else is done. Nobody else is even close to done there. You know, I can see the pages as I look around. So I thought, hmm, I must have messed up. So I went back through the test, and, and I think I changed two answers, if I remember right. And I got done a second time, and nobody else is done. And I thought, I don't know what I did wrong, but I, I've clearly, I've just blown this. So I took my test up and turned it in. And by the time you get back downstairs, they have your score. And all the way down the steps, I'm thinking of all these questions and and what seemed like the right answer and just knowing I must have really messed it up. And I get downstairs and I get my score and I missed two questions is all. I passed it with no problem. It was probably the two I changed, yes. But the thing with this is, if I had given up and left, I may never have known. I might not have ever had the courage to go again. When we are presented with the opportunity to serve God, that's the time to do it. When the opportunity happens. Something else I've learned is that the more often you take advantage of the opportunity, guess what? The more often the opportunity presents itself. Not that you do it perfectly. (laughs) Most certainly not that I do it perfectly. But the faithfulness The obedience is what Christ wants. He'll take care of the details, right? You serve Him in those opportunities. You do what is right before Him. They're ready to send the people away. But Jesus knows what He's going to do. Their haughtiness had hindered their faith. They no longer were trusting Jesus the way they had trusted Him just a short time before. And because of that, They're ready to miss the opportunity to see his great, miraculous hand. You know, at this point in the ministry, I would almost guess that his healing miracles, I would almost guess that his his casting out demons, for the most part, kind of become commonplace to him, don't you think? Where did he go that he didn't cast out demons? Where did he go that he didn't heal somebody? We too often allow God to be common. We do. You know, that's, that's why you never hear me use the word awesome about anything but God. Because I used to. 
I used to allow God to be common because I made those those names that are set aside for God common until somebody pointed it out to me one day. And I, I, I was shocked because they were right. But we make God commonplace. And when we make Him commonplace, we no longer see the majestic God He is. We, we miss His majesty. We miss His greatness. We miss His awesomeness. You know, in marriage we do that, right? I, I've told the story before about when when Cynthia walked into the chapel as I'm standing up front on our wedding day, I could barely contain myself with, with this beautiful bride that I had. There's times when, after 30 years, coming up soon, 30 years of marriage, I don't think about that, that moment like I used to. I don't think any less of that moment. I just don't think about it as often as I used to. And, and when, I, when I don't think about those things that are important without even trying, they become less important, don't they? We can do that with each other, but we definitely do that with God. We allow Him to become commonplace. You know, it's commonplace in this world for people to use the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the name of the Father in heaven, Elohim. It is commonplace for people to use that name in vain. Not just as a curse word, that's very commonplace too. But just to use His name without given glory. To use His name in a way that isn't praise or worship. That is what the third commandment is all about. But we've made Him commonplace. So they weren't even thinking about how they could see Jesus do something they hadn't seen yet. So Jesus says to them, you give them something to eat. You heard the command from them, send the crowd away. If you look at his words, that that, that sounds very forceful, doesn't it? You give them something to eat. No, not send them away. You give them something to eat. Pressure's on now, right? What are we going to give them? One of the apostles says, well, should we go to town and buy 200 denarii of of bread? But what would that be with so many? What are we going to do? How are we going to feed them, Jesus? But he said that very, very forcefully. Finally, as we look at the other Gospels, we see he says, well, what do you have? Yeah, just a simple question. What do you have? What, what's out there? What, what can we feed them? And, and as, as he asks that question, they begin to try to figure out what, what do we have? And as they try to figure that out, they're, they're looking amongst the crowd. They're trying to Decide where where they can find something. And finally, Andrew. Now remember Andrew, that's Peter's brother, right? Andrew was one of the first two. He and John were the first two to follow after Jesus when Jesus had come to the river where John the Baptist was baptizing. Andrew says, well, there's a boy, there's a lad out here with five loaves and two fish. Basically, this boy had his provisions for the day. But Andrew... Now, Andrew, one of the things you see about Andrew is is he was constantly bringing things and people to Christ. Just bringing them and and placing them in front of him. He was introducing and he was bringing. He brought Peter. That was his his thing. He would bring... So he he clearly, he takes this boy and he brings him up and says, this boy has five loaves and, and two fish. But what is that amongst so many? What is that with all these people? It says, it says in the next verse 14, there were about 5,000 men. 
This doesn't count the women and children. Most estimate a minimum of 15,000 people were there. Can you imagine taking five loaves of bread and two fish? And if a boy's carrying them, these weren't whoppers, okay? Five loaves of bread, two fish. And Jesus says, well, that's good. We'll just feed them that. You know, I don't think you could eat. I don't think you'd take five loaves and two fish and everybody take a small bite and get everybody fed. You see, their, their understanding of Jesus' sovereignty has to grow. Our understanding of Jesus' sovereignty has to grow. Yesterday I did a funeral. And at the, whenever I do a funeral, one of the things I always try to bring out is, is the story of Lazarus. When Jesus tells Martha, I am the resurrection. And she said, oh yeah, Lord, I know that on the last day my brother will rise again. And Jesus says, no, I am the resurrection. He who believes in me. And then he says to Martha, he says, do you believe this? Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And then she runs off and she gets her sister Mary. And Mary comes out and, and she says the same thing that, that Martha had said. And, and Jesus says, asks her the same thing. You know, I am the resurrection. Do you believe this? Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, yes. And so they come to the tomb and Jesus says, roll the stone away. And what do the sisters say? No, he, he stinks by now. He's been in there four days. He's decaying. I thought you believed. Folks, that's our faith, isn't it? We say we believe, we believe, we believe, and then this opportunity to show we believe comes up. And we kind of believe. That's the faith of, of the apostles. That's our faith. That's the faith of mankind. We say we believe and we say we trust, but then we don't act like it. If we believe it is our responsibility to love the, go- the Lord our God with all, of our, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, with everything we have, everything we are. If we believe that, why don't we do it? Wouldn't it look different? Don't look at anybody else. Look at yourself. Wouldn't it look different if you love the Lord your God that way? But so many things get in the way. And these things get in the way because we love them. And, and sadly, too often, we love them more than we love the Lord our God because we really don't believe it's necessary to love Him in that way. So he tells them to give them something to eat. And they, they say, well, we got the five loaves and the two fish. The other ones say, well, you know, we got 200 denarii, but you know, put all that together and it's not enough to feed this crowd. So Jesus tells them to give him the fish, to give him the bread. He takes them. He tells the apostles. He says, set the crowd down in groups of 50, about 50, because there would have been women and children there too. So some of those, some of those, Groups of 50 would be a little bit more or a little less. And so he, he had them set down in groups of 50. 15,000 people sitting in the grass in anticipation. You know, the apostles wanted to send them away, but the people wanted to see what Jesus was going to do. What was he going to do? You know, one thing that the modern people want to do is to explain away Jesus' miracles. You know, they, they want to explain away how even the, the miracle of the Old Testament, how Jonah could be in the belly of a fish and still live. They have ways of explaining that. They, they want to explain how, how Jesus raised from the dead. Oh, you know, he, he wasn't completely dead. And, and as he laid there, he, he began to heal. You know, there's so many things like this. They want to just explain it away. You know, they want to explain away this miracle too. Before I even get into the miracle, I'll just tell you. One of the things that they say is that Jesus had a cave full of food right around the corner there. 
And when the, when the people weren't watching, his disciples, his apostles, got the food out of the cave. Isn't that reaching? But really, when you think about all the things that they try to explain away about the sovereignty and power and might of our God, they're always reaching. They're always reaching. So they set the people down. Jesus has, has the five loaves and the two fish. And He raises them up to heaven. You know, this is one of the things that Jesus does regularly that we should most definitely emulate. We should raise up to heaven everything we have, everything we do, and everything we are. He raises it up to heaven. He looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them, over the five loaves and the two fish. He called upon the Father to be revealed, to reveal Him. He says, then He broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. Now, clearly they had 12 baskets with them, right? Because if they didn't have 12 baskets, how did they pick up 12 baskets full of fragments? So clearly they had 12 baskets. So, so Jim, trying to get a picture of what's taking place here, I, I could see Jesus breaking the five loaves and the two fish into to pieces that fit into 12 baskets and then sending the 12 out to pass it out. And each time they reached into the basket, there was a little more bread and a little more fish in there. And so they would put it out. I, I suspect... You know, how many, if it was just the 5,000 men, if there was no women and children there, how many groups of 50 would 5,000 be? Each of them had a number of groups that they would have given food to, right? So if it's 15,000, we'll call it, we'll make it for real easy, we'll call it 12,000 broke into to groups of 50, okay? So each time they reached in and were, were putting some of the bread and some of the fish out for that group, I, I think with each time they reached in there, there became a little more excitement, don't you? Because think about it. Every time you have served God and things that you didn't think were possible were happening, when things were, were just moving right along and, and all of a sudden you're seeing the hand of God in what you're doing, the way people are, are listening, the way people are, are uh, coming to it, the way that God is, is providing and you're seeing that, doesn't that get you excited? It does me. And He knows exactly what He's going to do with you. And He knew exactly what He was going to do with these hungry people. Exactly. And so they're pulling this out. And every time, I, I, just, I just think they're getting so filled with excitement because it just keeps coming. I, I think I cannot get past this text without thinking of, of the widow's oil. You know, her, her husband was a prophet and he has died and, and they had some bills and the bill collector is going to come and take her sons away into slavery. And she comes to the prophet and the prophet says, well, what do you have? And she says, I don't have anything except for this little thing of oil. And he says, well, go out and borrow all the containers you can borrow. And so she goes out and she borrows all these containers. She doesn't even know why yet. because She goes back to the prophet and he says, well, now go pour your oil into those containers. How many people would walk away from the prophet mumbling? How do you pour this little bit into all that? You know? Mumbling because what God had in store for her didn't make sense. This didn't make sense, but it doesn't mean it didn't happen any. So they're passing it out and they're getting excited. The widows fill in those, those containers and they just keep filling. That little thing of oil just keeps going. It finally dried up. When did it dry up? When there was no more containers to fill. When did the baskets dry up? When did they run out of fish and bread to put out in front of people? Well, the next verse tells us 
And they all ate and were satisfied. When they all ate and were satisfied, there wasn't anything left in the basket. But there was about to be. There was about to be. What a joy to be part of what God does. Folks, that's what fills me up here. I, I, I want you to know, every, every time I see God move and do something out of this little body of people, when, when we think to ourselves, oh, we can't do anymore. I have people tell me, you do too much. When we think, oh, we can't do anymore. We're doing all these different things. It's the Lord who's doing them. And as we watch Him do it, it's amazing. And we get to be part of it. Now, I don't know about you. Has anyone here waited tables before? I mean, a lot of you have waited tables, right? Did you ever have to wait tables for 15,000 people? Probably not. When you waited tables, were you exhausted when you were done? I, I imagine the apostles were exhausted, don't you? But when we're exhausted from serving God, we are so filled up spiritually. I have never, ever been exhausted doing what God has called me to do when I wasn't filled up at the same time. There are times when, when I go home and I plop, flop on the couch, but my mouth's going, this, 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 and 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 this, because God has done, and I can't help but share it. I can't help but tell about it. And I think that the apostles were amazed at what they saw. I mean, and think about this. This amazes them after they have seen people healed, people they knew. They'd seen sight given to the blind, the deaf hear. They, they saw people who were, were demon-possessed made in their right mind. Even, even more than that, we know of at least two by this time that they have seen Jesus raised from the dead, right? The, the son of the widow at his funeral and then the, the daughter of the leader of the synagogue. And we, we've seen those two just in these last couple of chapters. They've seen all this take place. They have seen Jesus tell the wind and the waves to calm, and they did. He told them to be peaceful, and they were. Wouldn't you think, when we've seen that much from God firsthand personally, it would change the way we think? So the question is, why are we so quick to go back to our stinking thinking? You know, because we do it. We see all these things, and, and we have got to see a number of things firsthand. And we are excited when we see them. But just as quick as we were excited to see them, we seem to forget them. So why do we do that? I imagine by the time everybody was satisfied, the apostles were exhausted. They were wore out. I, I, I just think it had to have taken hours of doing this, don't you? Hours of continually bringing them more, more to eat. And if my grandfather was in there, it would have been many hours. He never left a buffet without getting his money's worth. Just continuing to, to eat until they were satisfied or filled. And they're exhausted. But Jesus isn't done showing them the greatness of what He has done. As what Jared read this morning from from another gospel. Pick them up so that nothing, pick the pieces up so that nothing will be lost. And so now they're going amongst this huge crowd, picking up the leftovers and putting them in the basket. And just my opinion, but I don't think these were little Easter baskets. I think these were baskets. I think these were fishermen's baskets. Don't you? I mean, what other kind of basket are, are they going to have? 
These were fishermen's baskets. And they're, they're putting all these pieces in and they fill up 12 baskets after all that was eaten. The leftovers was more than they started with. How does that happen? Except through God. And all of this took place and they got to be a part of it because the people came to be ministered to, to hear the teaching and to be cured. All of this came because the people found out where he was and went there. All of this because of an interruption. One thing I can say about an interruption is there are only interruptions to you and I because God knows it before it took place. Our Lord Jesus knew exactly what was coming. There was never a surprise. You know, when I was, I'm much better now than I was when I was young. When I was younger, if somebody jumped out and surprised me, they probably wouldn't do it a second time because I didn't look to see who it was. I just swung. I would swing and I would hit whoever was there. My wife had a couple of very close calls. Nobody ever surprised Jesus. In fact, not only do the interruptions that you have that turn into opportunities for ministry not surprise Him, but what you do with each interruption doesn't surprise Him either because He already knows. He is sovereign, all-knowing God. And He knows where your heart is today. So I ask you, He knows where it's at, do you? We fool ourselves sometimes saying we believe when we don't. We fool ourselves sometimes saying we follow Him when the only thing we do is maybe make it to church every once in a while. The only thing we do is, is talk about Him, never laying ourselves out. You are not doing ministry if you have not laid yourself out for Him. I, I just want you to know that. Because if you're doing it within what you're comfortable doing, and if you're doing it within your means, you didn't need Him to be a part of it. And He is not going to share His glory with you. So that's all you. But when you, when you lay yourself out and you stretch yourself outside of your comfort zone, expect. Don't hope. Just hope. Expect that He's going to move and He's going to use it. Please stand with me. Oh, my Father. Lord, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You, Lord, that that You have given us the opportunity to share in this miracle of seeing what You did to feed this multitude. Oh, Father, our hearts are, are filled with joy because there is no circumstance that You don't already have in hand. Father, I ask You, these who are here, if there's any here, Lord, who, who don't know You, let today be the day of salvation. Lord, we ask You to regenerate their hearts. We ask You to open their eyes that they might see. Open their ears that they might hear. And Lord, as You regenerate them, as You change their, their old heart for a new heart, fill it with a desire to repent and turn to You. And we give You the glory. In Christ Jesus, I pray. Amen. What a precious privilege it is to be used of God. How blessed are those who are worn out in the service of the King. And more, what a glorious beauty is to be found when God shows us what He is capable of in the light of our own frailty and lack. God delights in bringing us to the end of ourselves so that He might show us His own power and glory. 
so that we might learn to trust him more, so that we might have more cause to praise his name and delight in his wonder. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the same God who broke the loaves and fishes. He is the same God who took our sin upon himself, and he is the same God who calls us to trust him with all that we are, so that we might share the fullness of his presence with every single person who God puts into our paths. He is God, and there is no other. Trust him with all that you have, and with all that you do not. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we'd love to hear from you. If you want to hear more of Pastor Jim, you can find him on the web at www.sermonaudio.com. Just search for Lighthouse Southern Baptist Church. If you've been blessed by this message or have questions about the content or about our ministry, if you have need of counsel or guidance or want us to pray for you, please reach out to us and let us know. We can be reached in many different ways. We can be called toll-free at 800-416-9352. You can find us on the web at www.lightofthewordradio.com or you can reach us by mail at Light of the Word Radio, P.O. Box 1, St. George, Kansas, 66535. When you reach out to us in any of these ways, you can also inquire about participating in the support of this ministry. If you desire to partner with us to keep this broadcast on the air, please let us know. We have a thank you gift we'd like to send if you mention it when you call or write. This has been Light of the Word Radio, sponsored by Lighthouse Baptist Church. We want to thank you for allowing us to spend some time with you. We hope that you'll join us next time. Until then, I'm Pastor Eugene, and on behalf of all of us here at Light of the Word Radio, thanks. And may God bless you, and bless the hearing of His Word.